She's the best. She yeah. did that one and she did this I one. That's what we want to get. Bee. We want to do bees because La Havana is like, the bee. Havana is the bee. Right. So we want to like get that. bees. Yeah. It'll like be my that. first We can tattoo. all get one. Let's all get tattoos. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm so glad we're already recording. <laughs> <laughs> Are we? Are we recording? Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Welcome to Bancom Podcast. Oof, that's the intro. You like that? That's the intro. Welcome to Bancom Podcast. This is going to be the intro after like a solid 10 minutes of tattoos, <laughs> the Wi Fi password. We're all getting tattoos. Oh, man. Uh, I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm here with Michael Beltran. Say hello. Hello. Each of you has her own mic. So we are also joined by Vanessa Garcia, who was our guest on the Dade podcast not too long ago. Hello. Hello. And Victoria or Vicky? Are we on a... You know, when I feel fancy, it's Victoria. Oh. But like now, que estamos en... our gente is Vicky. But then, yeah. este ambiente está... Estamos en un fancy... Estamos setting. pretty fancy, pero es la Vicky. Vicky, with a B. Are we okay. surrounded by limestone or coral? What is this? This is very important. I'm not totally oh, sure. Mike doesn't <laughs> know the Wi-Fi password or what the walls are made of. This is wild. We're opening another restaurant, okay? I'm a little overwhelmed mentally. Drink, drink your coffee. Drink yeah. your coffee. So, um, Vanessa and Biggie are respectively the writer and director of Amparo, which is the immersive theater production that we have talked about a lot on this podcast, including a bunch on the last episode because our guest was Eileen Andrade who had the oh. food truck for some amount of time. Yes. The Finca food truck was outside in the uh, in the rum garden when you got out of the play. There you were with a bunch of drinks and also uh, Cuban sandwich uh, egg rolls. And croquetas. Which, and oh croquetas. Pretty awesome. We They're talked so a lot good. about the croquetas. And Cuban nachos. Cuban nachos and the ceviche where I pretended to feel healthy. It was fantastic. Hold on. Okay, we can't start doing commercials for other people's <laughs> restaurants. Sorry. They don't sponsor us. I love you, Eileen. But you, you already got an episode. Yeah. <laughs> we, we already did an hour-long commercial. Okay, so uh, on this episode of the podcast, because we don't have a budget for a fourth microphone, <laughs> I am going to let go of the steering wheel almost completely. I might wow. have to dive across this table. Wow. To get Mike under control, but Mike is going to basically be the captain of the ship, and it's already happening. Amazing. Give me this, Mike. This is—it's going to be a long show. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you both for coming. Um, so, I, when did, did we start recor- recording? When I already went into how why I didn't go to the first no. one. No? no, great. So, um, Amparo has been—I think for Miami and so many younger Cuban Americans, like a really big deal. So many people that like adopted it as kind of a story that we've all wanted to understand a little bit more. I know it's about one family, but it's really about just such a, it's a bigger thing. Past episodes, I said that I wouldn't go to the original Amparo, and I wanted to make it clear why I said that. I said that has nothing to do with the show, had all to do with Ball and Chain and the owners of that place. So I ended up going to Amparo in New York, and... Like I said on the previous podcast with Eileen, I actually went with Eileen, not together, but uh, we were there at the same time. And it was, I think we both made it through a total of five minutes before we were an absolute train wreck. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, I don't know, just the beginning of that one, uh, the chef is talking and then all of a sudden I'm like, there's a chef talking. I'm already yeah. emotional, right? <laughs> it's like, is this me? Are they speaking to me? Like, what's happening? So... And then we went upstairs, and then it's the whole, like, there's just more stuff. And I was already bawling, and I look over at 
Eileen and she's also crying. I'm like, so it's fine. We can all cry together. And then as we went through uh, the whole experience, it was so, it was heavy for me because like I said, it was a story that we all understood so well, secondhand through our grandparents. Mm -hmm. But now it was a story that was being told through the eyes of people that were my age and that I wasn't the only one that felt that way, that I wasn't the only one that there was like a disconnect. I wanted to understand more. I wanted to know a little bit more. I wanted to know like, you know, what this felt like and we were feeling it, you know? Um, so I wanted to thank you both for this. Oh, thanks mm-hmm. to you. <laughs> um, before I go into asking questions, I, I know you mentioned Nick. Nick doesn't have a microphone and I kind of love that. <laughs> so I can really steer the whole thing. Danny, hi. Hello. Uh, Danny is here. He's going to bring us coffee and water for our wonderful guests. They need two coffees and a water. Nick, would you like anything? I, I would. I have a cup, and there's a, yeah. So just, uh, just more water. I'm just more water. more water. Um, <laughs> thanks, Danny. Thank Ooh. you. It's my pleasure. Yeah, you're the best. Um, <laughs> so you were you just did the show with Nick, right? Yes. Uh, and Carlos. And Carlos, yeah. which I listened to twice. Uh, oh. And it was great. I listened while I was in Portland, Maine, which we'll talk about later. And um, I kind of wanted to make this episode a continuation of that one. How does everyone feel about that? Great. Sounds good. Fantastic. So but before we do that, you weren't on that episode. I was not. You were not. Vicky. (laughs) Vicky was not on that episode. Uh, So if you want to jump in and tell people a little bit about how you got here. How I got here. Well, um, so I'm a director, and I was living in New York at the time, and Vanessa and I had worked together on, like, a 15-minute play once before, and it was, like, I always make the really, I think it's funny, I don't know if it's funny to anybody else other than to me and Vanessa, but I say that if though if I ever meet someone that I feel as the way that I feel about Vanessa creatively, like, I know I found the one. Wow. Um, <laughs> no, because it's, it's I so... I feel very special. You are very special, because <laughs> I, I think that what happens is that you go around life trying to find your tribe or you're trying to find the people that understand you. And so it was a very long period of time where I was directing things that I was doing the job, but the only person that was writing the things that I felt um, spoke my language, not just on the topics, but just creatively, it was Vanessa. So when we found each other, I was like, oh my God, I have to work with this girl. Um, And we have to like, I just felt like I was like pursuing her. I was like, here, there's like these things to like send projects to here, here, go do do this. I was like work flirting with her. It's courting. Courting. courting I was absolutely courting her. I like that. But she was courting me back. It's like, totally it was like, reciprocal. It was reciprocal. Oh. Like yeah. I felt like you know it yeah. was worth the, the chase. Yeah. Um, and and what happened is that she gets offered Amparo and she decides to to choose me to to come in and she's like, "Are you interested in this?" I'm like, "Yeah." Uh, and then we've been on this journey for a year and a half now, and my life has completely changed, and I feel like completely blessed. It's incredible to even be sitting here. Wow, on Bancom Podcast. Yeah, that's all I've ever wanted. Anyone special. has ever said that. The yeah. <laughs> we, we are so out of our reach right now. It's crazy. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> um, okay. So can we rewind a little bit? Yes. Yeah. And I, I know we talked about it in the last podcast with you, Nick, and Carluba, but um, Amparo, when that started... And I remember you, you mentioned in that episode, you talked about 
how someone wanted to literally put a tank in the street. Yes. No. And then, um, and that was, that kind of gave you an idea of how far you could take this. Freedom. Freedom. Yeah. <laughs> which was, which yeah. is, uh, creatively is amazing. Yeah. Because I know for me, when it comes to food, mm-hmm. I literally wanted to open up my own restaurant so I could just be free. Yeah. And I, everyone could just leave me the fuck alone and I could do whatever I want. Exactly. But talk about a little bit like how, where you guys, how that freedom felt and got you to what Amparo is today. Oof. Well, <laughs> I mean, I feel like we were writing stuff that everybody was like, um, okay. Or directing stuff that was like, I sure, sure. And then we got in a room together with permission to do whatever the hell we wanted. And we made all the stuff we ever wanted to make, you know, like right. it was like everything that was in our hearts just kind of like it felt like I don't know. It's like a I don't know if to call it a pressure cooker or a really good timing. I, I think it's also like w- the world that we come from uh, doesn't have um, abundance right now. Like yeah. people are like, hi, I can cut everything. Like, let's cut all the things. And what so you, for the I'm first, sorry, but explain that a little bit more. The world you come mm-hmm. from. The theatrical industry. Uh, they, so, they're based on a nonprofit model. Uh-huh. And it's a lot of like budget. And everything's down to the budget. So Ooh, it's I, know like, that, I know that word very well. Yeah, Restaurants budget, actually mean all... budget in yeah. another <laughs> language. Yeah. yeah. So I think that was for the first time, somebody's like, let's just close down Answer and let's just bring a tank down. We're like, oh, okay, we could do this. And I think when you want to give someone a really quality experience and someone allows you at least enough to do it or, or, or have the vision to do it, it's really exciting. Mm-hmm. It's super exciting. And I think that sometimes the problem is that people say, oh, well, commercial ventures are not artistic. Mm-hmm. I think anyone who sees Amparo can see that we were our full art heart was in it. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? And, and I think that people confuse, like... One thing that I love about our collaboration and the people that we work with is that we, it's not like excellent to be like, we just want to be the best. It's not that. It's that we are trying our best to do really good work. And so I don't think we would have aligned with if it, uh, with this if we didn't believe in the story. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, the At story all. is our story. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to do this for something I don't believe in. So that tied with, like, we need to, we feel this pressure just like ancestrally yeah. <laughs> to be like, we're telling the story of our people. Don't mess it up. <laughs> yeah. Like all of that. I think that people confuse, like we've gotten some weird comments about like commercialism and yeah. how that's not creative. Well, you made two really like great points, which is uh, this kind of like pressure of our past. No one has said the story. Mm-hmm. Like, no one wants to talk about the story. Right. It's a little island 90 miles away, mm-hmm. it's not that big of a deal for the rest of the world, which is fine, but it's a big deal for us because truthfully we're a, like, I feel like we're a community of people that are kind of lost because what is Cuba today is not what the Cuba that our parents and grandparents remember. What kind of coffee? Cabecito uh, Guano? Yeah. No? This is that? the real meat of the story here. <laughs> Fuck you, Nick. Like, I wasn't on a roll, man. <laughs> Jeez. It's mad because he doesn't have a microphone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, that no one wants to talk about it because for a lot of people it's not important, but it's important for us because I almost feel like a responsibility to make sure it doesn't get lost. Yeah. You know, my grandparents are the rock and foundation of our family. So I want their story to live forever. 
And I'm sure we all kind of feel that responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. The commercial aspect of Amparo, right? Uh, I think that there is some importance to talk about that. Like for me, I went in like, this is going to be commercial. And I left not feeling that way. Mm -hmm. And for me, with a company like Bacardi or Havana Club, since I am in the restaurant industry, they, you know, like they are going to try to, they are the big elephant in the room. I mean, Bacardi controls so much money and so much booze Mm -hmm. that it's hard to fathom that they would back something that isn't super commercial. And they did it very subtly. So I think that they did a very good job. Well, I think that in, in, you know, we know from our end, I think that we had really good partners that trusted us and to doing our job. Mm -hmm. Like nobody was like, nobody was trying to make sure that we were like slamming something. I feel like, like we were left to be artists. And I also think that, and maybe, and maybe this is, you know, to be taken up with Bacardi execs or whoever, but I do think that that Havana club for Bacardi is a passion project. I think it's like their equivalent of I think that, that brand specifically. Yeah. I, I think that from a business perspective, yeah. it's smart for them to say that. Uh-huh. I don't know if that's totally true, but that's because there's things that are above everyone's head yeah. that none of us really know or care about. Yep. But there's things that like, just because booze is so tied in with government and just, it's so much money that it's so hard for us to fathom that, I mean... It's stuff that for us doesn't matter because yeah. at least it got to tell a story that I'm I'm much happier that was told than not. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So I'm okay with just being okay with not hearing about that stuff. Yeah. Does it make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So the Havana Club thing for me became very um, personal too. You know, we I was I had I've said it a million times. I have seven bottles of the old Havana Club in my house. Not anymore, but I did. Um, And I did have it on the bar here, not for sale, but for people that I knew. And then they all went away because I learned more about the story Mm -hmm. and what and how much that story is true just because we know like what the past of Cuba really is. So like someone could tell you that story, but unless you really know like the past of Cuba, like you're like, no, for sure this happened. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that's the difference. You're listening to, like, whoever and however many times you want, someone can tell you there's this big lawsuit and there's all this stuff that's going on and these super high levels and all these things that are happening. Nobody's going to care unless you understand the story of this one person Mm -hmm. and this one family and the things that they went through because it's all literally people-to-people stuff. I mean, we don't know how to... I don't think that we understand how to process things if it's not like that, Right. you know? And so when it becomes something else, we think that, like people are hijacking stories and doing whatever they want and 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 there is, there are moments to tell the true stories of actual people that are alive like Amparo like she is alive and I, this is her story I met her it, been it's here to her eat. story is it yeah yeah i was like it's you no You're one here. can tell her that it's not hers you know what i mean yeah. like she she's like i i lived it <laughs> yeah and i think that what's really heartbreaking is the fact that it's not uncommon it's not an uncommon story and i think that you know we get frustrated all the time i get frustrated when i you know see plays or i see things that are totally like just completely erasing us like completely erasing our part of the story i think that you know people are like oh all the rich people left and that's what happened and it's like that's not what happened that's amazing no all the rich people left 
yeah. that's what happened. But that's that's how people <sighs> that's how people perceive the story, and it's it's yeah. something that when you go outside of the bubble that is Miami, and you go and you see people, they, they just like this guy the other day in New York. Just I had a shirt on that was like very Cuban, and he says to me. Um, but isn't like Cuba capitalist now? I'm like, where do you yeah. live? Like, who are you? <laughs> like, wh- what are you? Th- and so we are this, we are f- the forgotten and we're the kids of the forgotten and we're the grandkids of the forgotten. And so we have to be the loudest voice and, and also communicate. There's uh, something to our advantage, which is the fact that we carry all of our history, but we are also like raised in American soil. So we know how to speak two languages. Right. We know how to ask for a cafecito and also like a tall macchiato or lo que sea. I mean, unless you're like super bougie and you don't want to do it. But like, you know, like we know how to speak those two languages so we can translate to the rest. At least in this country, we can translate. Like this is what our family goes through. Yeah. Well, well just a quick callback. An alternative would be a pumpkin, pumpkin spice no sé qué. Pumpkin spice no sé qué hits the menu end of October here at Ariette. I was going to ask. This what? is a real thing. I'm just being honest. We came up with a cocktail called Pumpkin Spice No Sake. That's awesome. Yeah, because we talked about it on an episode, and it was, and it stuck. It's and, okay. and it's, well, just the name stuck. Yeah. And now we created a cocktail for That's it. That's pretty good. And what's that Amparo eat here? What does she eat? Oh, I did, she came with um, Carlos. It was a group of them. So they ate a lot of food. A lot all of the things. All the stuff. So um, it was cool. I, like to that point, we're we're like a combination of two different cultures and uh, raised from Cuban roots, but like grown up in American society. So we have, and I, I lived in Virginia for four years, mm-hmm. so it was like that is the ultimate culture shock. Like yeah. <laughs> you go from Miami, that it's like, oh, we're cool, everything's pretty normal here, and then you go over there, and it's like, you know, they just. <laughs> It's very different. No, I get it. It's like uh, just, I, I don't know how to explain how different it was, but um, that's really when I experienced like what racism is. Yes. When yep. I went to Virginia and it was, because I grew up and it's like, you know, racism is not that big of a deal. It's not a thing. Here in Miami, it's like, ah, you know, you're Puerto Rican. I'm Cuban. It's like, ah, whatever. It's a big joke. You know, not there. Not a joke. Um, I just, I didn't expect it. And that's when I was like, 17 years old and I moved there I was like whoa so now I get it and I'm not even it's hard to put into words how much of an impact that had on me for the rest of my life because it's like this these things are really issues Mm -hmm. we're just in a bubble yeah because we are still amongst a lot of our people because we're a melting pot of a lot of Hispanic cultures yeah so we're all cool with each other we all can ask for coffee the same way but when you go over there, you yeah. ask for American coffee. Yeah. When you you don't yeah. ask for American coffee, you just ask for coffee. They give you American coffee. Well, yeah. there's this very classic story that is very famous in Casa Goyal, which my grandma and I went to New York, and I went up like we went to like one of these places. It was the first time I had gone to New York. I'm like, can I have a cafe con leche? <laughs> and the light, the lady who was Hispanic, she was like, ¿Qué es eso? I'm like. Café con leche. I'm like, I don't know how to explain to you. Like, café con leche. Like, what is this? She's like, I don't understand what the thing is. I'm like, okay, you're going to get a cup. You're going to put milk. And then you le va a poner café. And she's like, oh, a latte. And I'm like, what do you mean a latte? Like, <laughs> did she I, say in Spanish? She did. She, yeah. she was like, un latte. And I'm like, pero niña. Like, yeah, how? Yeah. And it was like this first thing Disconnect. of like, I am yeah. different. 
I am not yeah. the thing I thought I Dude, was. Dude, the first, the first time I went to college, and I say the first time because that first time I left, I was in Rhode Island, and I was there one week, and I wanted to vomit the whole time, and I was like, <sighs> oh, America. <laughs> <laughs> this is really what oh, it's like here. Yeah. And it was, I, I moved to a town that was like the size of my block in Little Havana. Like, just like, it's like this big. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget, there was like a... You know, we were in football practice, and I had no friends, only kid from Miami. And I just hear these two guys behind me talking, and there's like one guy's like, you know, I I think I'm gonna have to go back home. It's just way too loud here. There was like no noise in the middle of the night. You would hear crickets, and you would hear like things in the far yeah. depth of the woods. Yeah. And I was literally, I was just worried because I had never experienced that. Like, you know, in Miami, you walk outside at five in the morning, there's people oh, wow. doing yeah. stuff, you know, hitting pots yeah. and pans and things are happening. But there, it was just a very different experience. And uh, America, yeah, in the middle of America, is very different. Yeah. Um, talking about America, I wanted to... Um, <laughs> We always make a shout out to our listeners in Salina, Kansas, because we actually have a huge following in Salina, Kansas. Oh, is that why they keep saying say hi to Kansas? Yes. Yes. It's a huge deal for us here on Pangum Podcast. As a a percentage of the population, that's where our biggest audience is. But. Yeah. It's like we're famous in Kansas? (laughs) But I I think we have to. I am here to challenge that, and I don't know how to challenge this at all, but apparently we have a big following in Portland, Maine. Oh, wow. Mm, wow. Portland, Maine listens to our podcast. I, I, I need to borrow the mic for another shout out because I, I did promise someone that I would note that we are the most popular, the single most popular Miami based chef driven podcasts among <laughs> traveling nurses in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Oh, uh, this really Pongo podcast is about breaking barriers <laughs> between uh, the South Point of Florida and Middle America. That's what we're here for, everyone. A little stop in Maine. Yeah. <laughs> I was just, have you guys been to Portland, Maine? No. no. I just spent Portland. five days here. Oh, How was cool. it? It was oh, like two days too Portland, long. Maine? But it was, not, it's not because it wasn't great, but I'm just such like a, I love Miami so much. That yeah. It's like after three days, I'm like, I want pastelitos and I want croquetas and I want my morning stroll to work and i don't want enough lobster yeah enough lo- lobster i mean it's so much lobster and they beat you over the head with lobster and clams and mussels and oysters it's incredible but like throw in some lechon rice beans stuff they don't have that yeah, stuff there I come home and I'm like, mommy, moto, let's go, yeah. do it. Then we I'll... just we we celebrated my grandfather's 90th birthday yesterday. Oh, wow. happy birthday! Congrats. Yeah, 90th birthday, and we had white rice, black beans, chong, and all that stuff, all the good things, and it was great. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he got distracted. But <laughs> I usually get distracted. He just started. He just started thinking about. Well, the food. that made me think of the. I'll just say that that whole thing made me think of the one Thanksgiving that I had, and I decided that I would be vegetarian. And Oof. a lot of my Cuban grandparents, they 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 didn't come. They boycotted. They didn't show up well, to Thanksgiving. I mean- that's like because a big... Because you went vegetarian? Because I said I would have the tofurkey. Oh. <laughs> and they didn't come to... They did not show up. And they were like, just so you know, never again. I was like, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a vegetarian? I am, but since I was 12, it like, you know... Since you were 12? 
years old. Wow, for a Cuban, that's so that, hard. Yeah, she makes it happen. She literally, she has come in and she has come to my house, and she's like, "No, I'll just eat like totone and guacamole." And my mom's like, "That's genius! Oh my god!" <laughs> like, I'm thinking about like the cuisine now in a different way. <laughs> yeah. So now that um, Amparo only has what a month left, right? Well, let's see. Let's see. Yeah. No, I know there's things happening. Um, <laughs> we don't, we don't we actually, actually know. know. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. We but just know that something has to happen after October 20th. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's been, I mean, it's been a really good run, though. Yeah, it's, it's been amazing. It's been, um, has it been? What's, I know you spoke a little bit about what's next. What's next for you? What's next for, I think, this whole, this story of like the Cuban American culture and the Cuban story mm-hmm. has such a good push right now. It's like, yeah. The one reason, Amparo is amazing, but the big reason why I'm so scared to see it go is to see it go back into like a dormant state. Well, it mm-hmm. can't. That's the thing. Yeah. It can't happen. The story going into a dormant state yeah. is, I just don't want that to happen. I a lot of times feel like when I'm sitting here and it's like, oh, Cuban American food. I'm like, hey, look at us. And it's like, you know, we're over here. And then Amparo came and it's like, there's more people doing stuff, talking mm-hmm. about our story. Mm-hmm. It's so sad. Like, I'm so sad to see something like that come to an end. We just have to say it's not going to because we're not going to let it happen. Yeah. And I think that, you know, Vanessa and I are committed. One of the things that has always tied us is, like, we have very two individual stories of, like, moments where (laughs) at a very young age we were like, we have to save Cuba. Like, we had this very, like, (laughs) clear. Mine was at nine. Hers was, like, at 15. Well, you've always had it. But, like, the the, the, the moment moment was, like, the 15-year-old one. Um, But I think that we're we're committed to telling our stories, even though my mom's like, no te pongas un pigeonhole. Oh, my God. Cafecito. Well, that is a big cafecito. Wake up time. This we also serve our edition. coffee here with Milan, house-made Milano cookies. Oh, my God. Oh, what? Yep. Wow. I, for some reason, like to eat coffee. Oh, my God. Eat, I went straight for uh, the cookie. Yeah. That's what happens. you have to go like this. Like this. Yeah. yeah. That's what needs to happen. I need to um, this first. Shout out to Chef Devin for making Milano cookies. Yes. But, mm. yeah. Where do, where do we go from here now? Yeah. Like, how do we keep the story going? Like, how do we not let this go quiet? You know what I mean? We have to go outside of Miami for sure. We have to, in other words, like other we have, have to, to incubate in here and do everything that we do and bring people here, mm-hmm. like bring a lot of people here and then bring the stories out because mm-hmm. otherwise it's the same thing where like the other day somebody called me an immigrant. Yeah. I was like, you know, I was born here, right? It's like, Hi, Leah Hospital. That no, it me. happens all the time. Like she, ha- she had that. I once had a, a, a Nashville boyfriend who told me to go back to my country. I'm like, you it's mean amazing. You yeah, mean it is. here? It's amazing. It's, it's incredible. Amazing. It's like that? It's amazing. It's it's really and, so, yeah. and you pretend like you're like, oh, that's happening. Yeah. I think that for us, I mean, our Camino Collective, you know, is committed to telling the stories continually. Like individually right now, um, I'm working on a play called The Cubans, <laughs> which I have a theme apparently. <laughs> um, and it's actually about Cuban American families now. So uh, there was a period of time when we were developing Amparo New York and I was developing that play with another playwright. Um where I, I always tell this story, it was like three days of going to like doing like our like the living room of our house now, and then doing amparo and doing that for three days. By the third day, I was like, "This is too much Cuba." I cry like I'm like because <laughs> like you start connecting. Like the reason we are the way that we are is because of everything that happened. Mm-hmm. And when you think, I mean, the trick is to tell us that we're not Cuban. That's the trick. That's an interesting perspective. 
it's like great here you you get to shut up about it you get to shut up about it you you have no ownership anymore right and that's actually false because our entire life was altered because the decision was made and and life happened december 31st 1958 i sit here with you guys because december 31st 1958 happened right and I think that when we all start to realize that and that we have ownership over our story is that where we have power and where we can then say, like, where we can really own up to telling our story constantly so that other people don't go through this. Mm. Like, no, nobody should ever be pushed out of their home because they think differently or be forced to be a certain way. I was told uh, a couple of weeks ago that I'm not considered Hispanic. Right, because because I don't I don't look like a lot of other Hispanics because I'm not super dark skinned or, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, I don't know. My mom's got blue eyes and she has blonde hair. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Cubans were we are a very interesting group, and it's interesting when you say that people want you to believe that you're not Cuban, that you are just American. Yes, I was born in Hialeah, but I am Cuban, and I will not forget that. And the yeah. people around me will not forget that. Mm-hmm. It just and, you know, it's kind of exhausting. Like, I know I can be exhausting. I tell people all the time, I am sorry. I, I apologize <laughs> for being myself too much. But, you know, if we don't say these things, nobody will. You know, because so many – and I don't remember who I was talking to the other day, too. And it was like uh, – I was talking about food. Obviously, it's my thing. So food, everyone wants to be something that we're not. You know, we want to be a restaurant like from we're from New York. We want to we want to do Italian food. Mm-hmm. We want to do Mediterranean food or whatever. I don't know stuff. I don't want to do that. I want to do Cuban American food. I want to do Miami food. Yeah. I say that we are um, a Cuban American restaurant using Miami as a landscape. You Ooh, know, Miami awesome. is our canvas. Damn, write a book with that. Well, I'm a terrible writer. That's why <laughs> Nick is here. Uh, so, like. We we have a story to tell, and we're lucky enough that we have Miami that, you know, supports us in doing that. Because, I mean, if not, we'd kind of be kind of fucked in the process. Yeah. Well, Vicky and I want to go on this thing. I'm going to tell them about statements. Yeah. <laughs> we want to, like, get in a car, mm-hmm. like, a la um, with electric acid cooler test without the acid. No acid. Sorry. Bummer. We're not. <laughs> but, like, all of us get in a car. And by all of us so far, it's me and Vicky. Um, and Taika. And Taika was over there. And um, go uh, like around the country and figure out where we are right now in all of the 50 states. But it's all of us Cubans in the car. Oh. So it's a conversation, right? And yeah. then we're talking about everything, including food and including all of those things. You know what I mean? I right. just think it would be really cool to do like one episode of it or one something in each of the 50 states and it's called Statements. So this is how many Cubans in one? I don't know. Maybe it's three or four. Car. Four come one summer. It doesn't matter something. how many Cubans. It better be a big car. It's yeah, a it's a big, big car. It's like an RV. We're Cuban. Am I the only one who finds that terrifying? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that sounds, like, that sounds like the holidays. You know, like you got to exactly. go to your family's house. And then and you like, film it. Yeah, and you, you just need scary break thing. time. Yeah. Break time. But you know what? The thing is that the rest of America will solidify us together. That's the thing. Is that you? For have sure. To, the more you go out, and I think the more you start, like that experience that you had in Virginia. Like, remember, we had a competition in college where we had to go through Georgia for a pit stop to get to North Carolina. That was the first time I got out of a car. I'm like, oh, I'm being watched. 
like, okay, because it was like 50 of us getting yeah. out of a bus. It's like, here, Hispanic people. <laughs> so wait, why aren't you Hispanic? Because you don't look Hispanic, that's why. Right, yeah. I don't look Hispanic. Quote, 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 I remember quote. when I was in Virginia, yeah. they were like, uh, somebody asked me where I was from. So well, you're definitely not from around here, right. is what I heard. Wow. And then it was like, oh, yeah, well, I'm Cuban. And then the response was, well, you don't look Mexican. I'm like, exactly, because I'm not Mexican. <laughs> just a there's, Cuban. there's like blonde-haired and blue-eyed Mexican. Well, Mexican. there's that Ruben Navasa story. Ruben Navasa is one of the actors in our in our show, and he always says this story. He was in the Perez family. Uh-huh. And was it, it was Angelica Houston? Was it, was Angelica it Houston and Marissa Tomei. Angelica Houston and Marissa Tomei playing Cubans, right? <laughs> and um, and at some point, Angelica Houston is like, oh, my God, how am I how am I going to play a Cuban? Like, I'm so white, essentially, she said this in, in, in so many words. And Ruben was like, dear Lord. So he brought over his family members. <laughs> he brought two actresses. Two actresses Mondero, both were super Cuban. <laughs> yeah. And, and super freaking pale. And if you, see, like, Montero, and, if you go yeah. back to novelas, you can see Suli Montero, who is like blue eyes. Right. Like He's like, look, they're Cuban. And she's she's like, like, oh, oh okay. Yeah, we, we definitely have different different forms. Yeah. And like Cubans. every, like every. And um, it's just, it, it's really funny because I am tan. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten like the different, like I, a lot of my friends don't look like, I didn't even consider that we look different. Mm. Like I, I thought I was white until I moved to New York and I was like, oh, I'm tan. Yeah. Got it. You definitely have the best tan at this table. Thank you. Yeah. I worked real hard on it. It's called jeans. <laughs> um, and my mom made me feel real good about it. She was like, you know what? People pay for that tan, so you own it. So it's like, true. So, you know, thanks mom. <laughs> um, but it's really interesting what happens, like how some of us get like absolutely erased of like you don't get to have your culture and then i get put on all these like weird ass cultures on me like dating in new york is really funny when you're a hispanic woman because i would date and i would say like oh i'm cuban i would get like oh is your dad tony montana oh yeah that's great yeah wonderful how much cocaine did you sell in high school it's a real question i got in college really yes what? <laughs> you know what the worst part? Right. Not that much. Yeah. Like none. I was like, it was only one time. <laughs> Just kidding. The other things that have the worst part mm-hmm. of that is that I'm like, no, no. But then I think about it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, the house next door to mine did. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's yeah, the that same. Hole, and you're like, you know what? It's complex. But it's more. It's it, complicated. But that has more to do with our city than it does with our culture. It's uh-huh. complicated. We have one of the, Miami, the port of Miami. Let's yeah. be realistic. It has nothing to do with us being Cuban. And not That's only just being that, opportunistic. That's like. And smart. <laughs> but I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. That's good business. Yeah. All oh, very good points. into opportunity. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but people thr- thrust all this stuff on. I mean, not to go back to my dating life, apparently, because now it's not pan con pasta, it's pan con Vicky's dating life. Pan con pasta. <laughs> <You made laughs> it it just went full on peachy voice. Yeah. 10% of pan con pasta. A mí no me gusta la pasta! But, like, then I would get, like, I would go on a date and I'd be like, oh, you're Cuban? I dated this Colombian girl. You must be crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Wonderful. I just got a text from someone. You should go see the new Amparo. I swear. I can't even make that up. It was just like a, like a, it was a text right now. They don't know what's happening. It's very interesting. Did you tell them what was happening? No, I didn't. Okay. I didn't. Just leave them for the surprise. Maybe. I was going to look up this quote that I saw yesterday. Of Dr. Shivago. Do you know that Dr. Shivago was funded by the CIA? Do we know this? Everybody knows this? I, I do not know this. If anyone know that, it would be Nick. 
No. Yeah. I don't know why that is. <laughs> but there's this amazing quote in it, and I wanted to look for it, but we don't have Wi-Fi, so forget it. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you have the Wi-Fi password now. No, I would, uh, your guy just typed it into my computer. Do you want me to look something up for you? I'll be Dr. Shivago CIA. Dr. Shivago like CIA. Quote. And and it'll show up like the files were were opened, not that recently, but semi-recently. And there's this really good quote at the top about um, how long, like the long arms or effects of like despots and dis- dictators, but it's really good. It's so really good. now that Amparo's winding down and we talked about how we don't have to, we don't want our story or our push to end, what has this experience really done for you guys? Has it changed any kind of... You know, things, plans, stuff. Everything. What's happening now? Well, so we have... My mouth is full of Milano cookies. So you have <laughs> no, to go I first. ate mine like Sounds real like fast. a tough life. <laughs> <laughs> Which they're really good. Come to Ariete. Um, <laughs> I like that. I know how to plug in things. Um, I think, so the, the best thing that has happened is that we got our partnership, I think. Mm-hmm. And not only got our partnership, we got a bunch of people that, that like a bunch of great actors and, and collaborators that work together and are passionate about the same things. Mm-hmm. Um, what's coming up next is that we're exploring this um, augmented theatrical experience uh, called A Thousand Miles, mm-hmm. um, which is a play that Vanessa wrote, and we're starting to test out. So that'll be like a fun little thing that's coming up. I think also the special thing about doing this and getting to do it is that nobody can tell us it doesn't work anymore. Nobody can tell us nobody cares about this story. Nobody can tell us. I used to pitch things about Cuba all the time. I've been writing about Cuba for a long time. And literally, I have responses in my inbox from God knows when, like, that were, nobody cares about Cuba. Cuba's not, literally, they say that. I don't have space for Cuba. That's not what I, I, nobody can say that anymore. At least there's that. And now forward. Well, because, and you know what's sad? The story of Cuba has produced dollars. Yeah, of course. And it's now, it's like a factual thing that you could show people. You see this? Yeah. And yeah, you know, we went to one of the biggest markets that would appreciate this. Mm-hmm. But I think if you put that in New York, which is where I saw it, yeah. they would appreciate it too. Mm-hmm. I think any kind of major market would appreciate it. You take it to LA, yeah. Chicago. It could be, it is the kind of story, I think, that resonates with a lot of different groups of people. Yeah. And it just be, and people with, I mean, that have a heart and soul, I think, would see this and be like, wow, I mean, this is this is intense. And they would want to know more. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think uh, it's incredible that someone told you that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it happens oh, all the time. Oh, so many. A lot of people. Yeah. Like, a lot. And it happens They still the do. They still do. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, they don't care. Like, they don't care. Mm-hmm. And they will, eventually. Because the thing is that I think that... Labels are something that we've been dealing with lately, and it's just really funny how, like, somebody it's, looks at it. It's a label. literally happening right now. Like, I have a conti- I wrote a novel called White Light. My neck, the novel that, that follows it, I finished it, and it takes place in Cuba, but it's a Cuba that it's not that Cuba people think is Cuba. I've been to Cuba. She has been to Cuba. We have been to Cuba. Our family is from Cuba. We know what Cuba is like right now. It's really complicated and really weird and really, there's so many layers and it takes place there in Miami and people are like, what is this? And and they they just don't, it's they can't, it doesn't fit their vision of what it is. It's not a When convenient. you say their vision of what it is, mm-hmm. explain that to me in one sentence. Hipsterlandia. Right now, Cuba oh, is that. Oh, Jay-Z's it's yeah. like, future walking through with pay. And, and even like Fuck new ours. Cubans are that. And, and it's... It's it, like we're super cool. And like we're like in the ruins. It's open now. It's open now. And it's like, open now. Yeah. 
That's cute. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like I mean the really it's like the prostitute of of the world. Like poor Cuba has been treated the way that people want to treat it. Well, because it's, it's got one of the most beautiful, I mean, beaches and people. Yeah. I mean. I, I always go back to that like Jay-Z reference because mm-hmm. there's so many people that are like, well, Jay-Z did it, so it must be cool. Mm-hmm. And like, it's not cool. It's not. And then, you know, the people with the pictures of the old cars and the, and the like old architecture and stuff. And it's, that is what the world's vision is. Yeah. But there's so much, this, and it always goes back to my one problem with the world, which is their vision is through this one photo mm-hmm. that someone has curated for you to yep. be perfect. Yeah. And then that's what they want you to believe. What they don't I, see, yeah. sorry, what they don't see is like they look. Like they see the car, and they see like these like old buildings. They don't see the person who has to like work real hard to even. I mean, there's no gas right now. <laughs> there's like there's like the cars aren't running. Like people are being told, don't come to work because we don't have gas on the bus to take you to work. Nobody sees that. Nobody talks about that. Everybody talks about their cruise ship to to Cuba. And I'm not listen. Go to Cuba, learn about it, but do it respectfully. That house. There's a lot of people who have to work real hard to make sure that that roof stays up and has to resolver. And that sounds like real cute, like resolver. No, it takes a lot of freaking work mm-hmm. to make sure that you get to come in and sit in that car and do what you need to do and then eat the patugasa. And I always say, if you're going to go to Cuba, don't go once or twice. Like, go again and again because that's when you start to really actually see something. Yeah, go to Luliano. It's crazy to hear the Cuban perspective. Like, I was talking to Cubans about Beyonce's visit. And everybody, of course, is super happy. I mean, why wouldn't you be happy that Beyonce went to Cuba, right? And then she was like, and not only that, she was dressed like Oshun, like La Like, the image, because she wore yellow. So whoever dressed her, I don't know if that was intentional on their side. But the perception, this is when you're like, wow, this is all about lens and how you look at the world because people were watching and they were like oh la virgen de la caridad literally oshun dressed in yellow come to us from the united states she's black it's amazing this powerful woman like the whole thing and then you don't know like how many layers went into that whole you know marketing pick of of what that was but definitely that was what a group of people perceived it as Who's talking about that? They don't know who even knows who Oshun is. You know what I mean? So it's so fascinating to say, okay, let me look from over here and this, and let me look over there, and let me look from, you know, whoever made her dress. And for me, (laughs) and honestly, it's given me a lot of perspective on, like, traveling, like, with with a conscience. Like, we're not the only culture this happens to. Mm -hmm. Happens, like people go to Thailand all the time, and they're like, look, it's cheap. Let's do it. And, (laughs) and, And I'm like, why is it cheap? Yeah. Like what? What's the work that goes behind that? Like what is what is behind? Who is the human behind that? That's making it happen, and you know we're in the fun culture of like let's put the Instagram photo up. And there's nothing wrong with putting up the Instagram photo. Like it's not. Oh, like, I have a lot of feelings about the Instagram photo. It's listen. Everyone knows I have a lot of feelings and, about and, it. And, and listen, and I fine. use Instagram. It's just, but it's like. What it's are the feelings? It's just so we're. It's again you're curating the perfect image. Yeah. Because everyone is just so quick mm-hmm. oh this person look at that that's amazing double click move on what well, double like, click move on Martin. it's just so quick like everything is we don't put any thought behind it this person's this person's living a perfect life double click move on this person is what are, cuba is beautiful click move on mm-hmm. and it's like what about meat there's more behind this and there's so much to the social media movement that has made us callous to the real meat of a problem or the world in that manner. Yeah. Well, that we're just so 
Double click and move on. Double click and move on. And I think that what's really actually my favorite is like the marketable authenticity move. Like that's my favorite. Like I'm being real with you right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's like still the filter and the thing and the blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and what's sad about that is that then when someone's actually trying to be real, it's, it's, it's. What's she going what's through? What's she? Oh my yeah. God. Like, your yeah. life is ruined. Oh, but yeah. she, her picture is blurry. Like, come on. <laughs> put, someone put something out there in the world that was real that maybe they need help. Maybe they need something. Mm-hmm. And we're here talking about that the picture has bad quality. That shit happens. It's, in essence, like the someone's drowning and you're taking a picture instead of helping them out of the water. It's kind of like that. Yeah. You know, and that's a big. I know that's like a very extreme point of like, but there's a lot of that in the internet world. Mm-hmm. And something like Cuba is a good example. We yeah. don't really, like a lot of people don't really know what happens there. They just double click and move on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, oh man, you are the one that has more information than me. No, no, no. It's, it's, no, I, I'm actually, I, I don't, I don't want to have this be the podcast where like anytime Cuba comes up, I insert myself here. So it's, <laughs> I, it's very tempting. I, it's tempting to like snatch microphones from people, uh, but I'm not going to do that. Um, Tell me all the things. <laughs> uh, so we can continue using Cuba as a, as a case in point, um, but we're like 40 minutes in, and I think it would be a missed opportunity if we didn't spend some chunk of time because we've got two very different sets of like creative types here Mm -hmm. if you guys sort of talked about the process especially because both of you and and i don't know how much of this podcast you've you've heard before but you know mike has talked about um the way that he sees you know building a menu and Mm -hmm. the experience that you're at is about having a conversation with somebody yeah so two things that i find you know interesting that i'd I'd love to hear bounce around here among the three of you is uh you know your your creative process for like getting to the finished product of of that story or that conversation and also the collaborative aspects of it because uh and unfortunately we we just have you but we've got two people here who who collaborate with each other but i'd love to hear about like how you approach telling stories that for whatever reason or in whatever way are very personal and then having to involve other people who end up also invested in like what that you know push and pull and balance looks like yeah that's why he's the boss here. See that? This gave <laughs> yeah. us direction. That's really good. See, Nick, that's why we need a fourth microphone. Uh, that gave us a lot to Bring think about. Bring yeah. me in. Um, where do we start with that one? Well, I think something that automatically triggered in my brain was like, you know, we, we as artists, as, as theater artists, in the, in the theatrical sense, because we do a lot of things, but we got to collaborate. It's it's normal to collaborate with each other, but I think that something was interesting about this particular project is that we were collaborating with people from your industry. Like, we were mm-hmm. collaborating, yeah. Mine? Your, yes, yours. And, like... Oh, beverage. Beverage uh, got and it. cocktail. And, I mean, even in the... Specifically so. But yeah. even in New York, and even in New York, we, we did talk to the to the chef about, like, the food that was coming out well, and the idea of... I miss the chef in the in the show. Like, I feel like the chef could come back. I think the chef should. Yeah. Well, um, the chef is important. Yeah. That's all I got on that. <laughs> Maybe the most important. <laughs> but something that was really intentional about the New York production that is missed here is the fact that we were like, yeah, the food has to be pretend Cuban. Mm-hmm. It has to be that so that you pretend. And so he that comes you're going out. And he breaks the whole thing. Yeah. Like it has to be like a little false 
yucca flake with some weird ass yeah, like, like not not we're not talking like fusion we're not talking like some bullshit thing mm, <laughs> you know right. like the bullshit of the watered down this and that da, da. like it had to be that so people could be like you know break yeah. it um and so I, I felt like that was something that was interesting because it started making us like think about all the senses which is why we call what we do experiential theater yeah, it's immersive because you're in it, but like experiential in the sense of like now we're messing with your taste and knowing when that taste is coming in so that when the visual and the taste and the sound are coming in at the same time, we're like creating this whole environment for you that gets you to where we need you to understand where we're at. And I think this project was crazy because we were given a very short timeline because it was like this thing could happen, you know, um, and then now it's like go, go, it's happening. And then it was like, and now you have three days to write a script. <laughs> And it was like, okay. Okay. Yeah. But then the thing that you realize, and this is going back to process, is that like, if you've spent 20 years writing, you're spending all those 20 years writing the thing that's going to teach you to do it in three days. Right. You know? Like when the pressure's on, you know how to do it now because you've done it every single day since, you know, 1997. Well, it was, uh, I think you mentioned it in your yeah. podcast with Nick, yeah. which is like, like you said, yeah. we've pretty much been working our whole lives for this one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that, but that's like, there's, that's interesting because there's so much pressure there. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much, like, we can't fuck this up. Yeah. Like, we need and to the, be like, it was good that we didn't have time to think about that. Yeah. That much. Yeah. Well, it, and food wise, um, yeah. like, uh, the first year was a very confusing year here. So it was like, who are we? Until I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to be who I was. And then it was like, at that point, I felt like the pressure was off because I already knew what I did wrong. And, and I knew that, like, at that point, I was just trying to be who I was, which I'm a Cuban-American kid, and I want to tell my story yeah. through food. Yeah. Um, but I had a whole lifetime to really use that as, like, this is yeah. – these are the reasons and these are the emotions and the thoughts and the whatever, like, all that stuff was going into a menu. And for me, the pressure now is, like, consolidating that into 30 items Mm -hmm. that's the pressure for me i no longer feel pressure in like um what story am i telling you know like you guys knew what story we had to tell it was like how can we most convey the story that we want people to feel it the most yeah i think that's there's a lot of like depth in that Mm -hmm. and uh i think sadly the word word responsibility because again we're telling a story that not a lot of people want to know, or not that they don't want to know, but they don't. They didn't know they they should probably hear. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. we're not just a pretty beach ninety miles away. Mm-hmm. We're more than that. So, I don't know. Three days is still pretty tight. Yeah, it was tight. But I also think that it was also like the history that we had with the project at that point, because you know the first meeting that we had was eight hours stuck together, which yeah. it altered every every the way yeah. we work. The way theater works is this: Vanessa writes a script. Vicky gets the script. Vicky puts the script up, puts the play up. We talk about it. Something's changed. Boom. Done. Mm -hmm. Opening night, you leave. That's the structure. And you're on to the next one. This time it's like, hi, you're in this space. Mm -hmm. It's not a stage anymore. And now we're like, the space is telling you what the story can do. And so all of a sudden the writer, director are doing this whole like dance. 
And it was so fun. It was a blast. It was so it fun. It changes everything. Yeah. And it, so I remember that day. We like laid out. We were we were at eight hours. Chain. Yeah. And then at Equisito. Yeah. Equisito uh, hated us. They hated the Cuban, us. But I love the Cuban sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> I love it's it. Good. It's good. Listen, they have good stuff. Yeah. They just hated us because they were like, esto no es un Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, we would be like, un café con leche. <laughs> yeah. Bye. <laughs> Coman algo o váyanse. Yeah. yeah. You know, it was yeah. like, otro café. And they were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> literally that was our experience we love them we will go back yeah um but we were like it was like lay a piece of paper and it was the space and how how does the story link to the space and vicky's like it's not going to take you that much time to go over there and what if this and what if that and all of a sudden our I love your imitation of me <laughs> i just sound like this when i when i'm directing <laughs> it's very harsh yeah. Yeah. very uh, middle america but <laughs> That's me, Middle America. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. Um, it was awesome to combine the brains, I think. And then we were like, oh, we actually have kind of one brain in a weird way. Yeah. And oh. and, and I think that that's part mm-hmm. of, like, um, just being understand, like, collaboration-wise, like, at, when it comes to the writing, at the end of the day, it's her final say. And when it comes to the directing, it's my final say. Um, but what's really fun, I mean, for me as a director, it's just such a blast when she, like, writes the thing, right? She does the thing, and then she, like, puts, like, this thing. She's like, and eh, Vicky will figure this out. Boom. Like, she leaves the chunk there, which every time she does that, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. okay. Pressure. The pressure. Yeah. But it's also, like, directors usually don't get that freedom and don't, like, there's this awesome thing that it's my favorite mode, like, when we're the VMV mode and people are, like, freaked out by us. We sometimes don't even speak in full <clears> sentences. <throat> That sounds like a cutesy thing. Like, we don't, we finish each other's sentences. No, it really does happen like that. Yeah. But we're in the room and she's like, okay, let's go. Like, we don't know what we're doing here. So I start playing with the actress. She starts writing. And then before we finish, she sends a script. We go over there and then we're moving things around. And it's just and they're like, like, where's the script? Going. It's in your inbox. Look at your phone. <laughs> then and they so have you're to do moving. it. Yeah. Well, it's just, I mean, that yeah. happens with time, yeah. you know, working with someone for so long. Yeah. Um, Myself and Chef Matt have worked together for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. So it's a very interesting dynamic because I'm a little crazy and he's a little more reserved. Uh-huh. So like I'll write a new menu and, you know, now because of our expansion and where we're at, I'm not working the line anymore because how it used to work would be I would come up with a menu. We would talk about a menu he would tell me his thoughts. We would adjust some things. And then I would work the line and he would expedite or vice versa. But now he expedites and I'm working at another restaurant or expediting somewhere else or whatever. So I'll write a menu and we'll sit down and we'll talk about it. And he'll be like, this, no, this doesn't work. <laughs> or this, this is outlandish and this isn't going to work. Or this right here, only you can do this or only I can do this. And it's uh. like, okay. You know, like, so you have to, and then that only comes actually, with comfort. That right there, only you can do this and only I can do this. Yeah. So then does it get taken out? Because yes, you can. Oh. It does. We it does. It does. Right well, and it's not, I don't think that's uh, a bad thing. But when you run a kitchen, yep. you're coaching a team. Yep. yep. And yep. A, a lot of the people that work for you are younger. Yep. They're talented and they're hardworking, but they just don't have the experience that you do. So. You need to cater to your menu to your team. Yeah. So it's yeah. like what their strengths are. This thing is something that you're <laughs> very good at. Not many people are very good at that. So we can't do that. You know? Well, and that's, I think that's what's good, um, good leadership 
Yeah. I think yeah. I have, I actually have a question for you now that you're expanding. Cause I, this is something that we're dealing with. Like now we're growing and things are getting bigger. And so like the collaboration now has to expand beyond us. Right. Like we can't be there every second. Right. Which is like huge. Which is essentially what was happening in Envato. Mm. Um, like how do you how do you guys deal now with like collab still maintaining the collaboration and also like handing off like to other people like how are you dealing with that? You sleep less. I don't know. I mean, that's yeah. I, I yeah. feel like you hire well, you sleep yeah. less, and you still worry as much. Yeah. I mean, we're super fortunate that the managers and the chefs in this company are all people that are. Extremely dedicated, extremely talented, and people that I've known for a very long time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's very difficult to come by. Yeah. I think we have an incredible group of people here. Even with that, for me, because mm -hmm. I'm a little, I still have like certain mm -hmm. kind of like filters and guidelines that I need to go through. So I'm comfortable with everything. So yeah. I know how everything is being handled. So I know that when it gets to the plate and to the guest, then it's something that we're all good with. Mm -hmm. It's really building a more consistent and efficient thing. Mm -hmm. So it's just more filters is the way that I've felt that it works. Like, yeah. So Matt Hawkins, Geo Fester, and myself have worked together for almost over 10 years. Um, a couple other people like Veronica Valdivia and uh, Justin Flitt and Nunzio, we've all worked together for a long time too. But Geo, Matt, and myself have worked together almost exclusively for over 10 years. Mm -hmm. So when Ariette opened, we were together all the time. And we, like, we worked the line together. We prepped together. We mm -hmm. came up the menu together. It was like, and now all three of us are in different places. Mm -hmm. So, and we all have different directions. So even for that, like, putting Chef Matt in a position that he's like, he runs this restaurant there was still things that he had to learn that was, like, very difficult for me to even, like, understand. Like, you know, we need to do these guidelines and this stuff because before we didn't need them because it was us doing them. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> exactly my point. And it's now, now we have to go back to, like, we're, we're starting from a zero, you know. Yeah, we're yeah. starting because it's not us. It's other people. And yeah. they're younger. And we believe in them and their work ethic and their skill set. So how do we get them there? Mm -hmm. So it's been exhausting. Yeah. I'm more exhausted the last eight months than I was the previous three and a half years. Yeah. Wow. Yes. But we were also, I think, uh, the best the best version of ourselves mm -hmm. since yeah. we opened because we're more consistent and efficient. Yeah. And we've taken all these extra layers to be better. That's awesome. Yeah. So what's next? Is there anything you guys want to talk about that we haven't touched on? Bearing in mind, by the way, that we can always have you back. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Um, well, for that Milano cookie, I'll come back as many times as you really want. That was We're really good. We're open seven days a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> I, um, I don't know. I, don't I think that... So do what are you, what yeah. are you guys opening now? now I just we are opening a seafood restaurant next door, actually. Really? Oh. Here? Like this yeah. next door? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's there. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. What's it called? Nave. Mm. This oh. is uh, wow! Yeah, tremendo gogo. That was amazing. <laughs> this is my first uh, venturing outside of doing Cuban American food. Whoa! Are you this excited? Is, yeah, I mean, I, I like this has been two years in the works, 
So there's been a lot of, I mean, well, I'll show you guys the space when we're done, okay. but it's like it went from an empty space to now it's like a restaurant mm -hmm. and there's people and we were just, we did training this morning at 10 That's in the morning exciting. and it's, there's things happening and stuff. It's so crazy to listen to people start new things coming from other things. It's like literally parallels. Yeah. You well, know? you know, it's very, what's very hard about it. And I think the biggest struggle I've had is disconnecting myself from this place. Yes. This place is my child. I know we're yeah. having the same problem. It's like, okay, it's here really is hard. this, but you're, this is the base for this thing that you're making over here. Yeah. And it, I guess you can have two babies. People do I it mean, all the I time. I guess you yeah. can, but there's nothing like the first one. <gasps> and I don't have any children, but I'm just going to go out there and say that. I am the second child, and I think I... I'm the better one. But <laughs> so, I don't know. Okay, I don't, I don't know you. if my parents feel the same way. <laughs> I don't know. They say that, that your your heart grows, and you, can, you never imagine that you could, and then you love them, and you're like, wow, I have so much space in my heart. So you're like, wow. Harriet and Nave. <laughs> well, I, well, you know, but you know what's funny is that Nave is technically the third. Okay. What's wow. It? Chugs was the second. Oh. Chugs is a Cuban American diner. Ooh. Yeah, so it's like. Uh, I have not been. Diner <laughs> classics uh, with Cuban food alongside each other. So imagine you can have white rice and black beans with. Uh, we have a vegetarian platter. Mm. Um, Along, you're going to also order a pancake, and you're going to oh order an egg sandwich at all it's times like, of the day. It should be called Vicky's. It's amazing. Like, yeah. that's made well, for me. I mean, no, I mean, Chuck's is fine. Like, you yeah. don't have to change the No, but now. there's a Vicky's bakery. <laughs> there is a Vicky's. So. There's a Which lot of Vicky's. Like the there's Miami Vicky's. joke yeah. of all is like, oh, Vicky Bakery. And then it's like, great. I should, that one name. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Chuck's was number two, uh, and it was, I, but again, it's Cuban-American food, mm -hmm. so it's. The idea there was to do like a more an everyday concept, something that was good for I'm I love breakfast, so breakfast, lunch, we have a dinner-ish kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then now Nave is more is the biggest uh project mm -hmm. and most ambitious in size and money that we've spent and just overall operation and just structure and it's mm -hmm. so struck like Ariad was more like we, I mean, if you look closely, you'll see duct tape in places and you'll see things and paint over stuff. And so it was really, there's more, uh, more of me there mm -hmm. than there was anything else. Cause I was a lot of alone, you know, with Gio and Matt. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of that, you know, the, it's just the first thing, you know, yeah. it's like when you're, I guess when you're writing your first yeah. anything it's like there's so much you have so much to do here yeah. so much to say yeah. and now you said it so now when you move on to the second one you have something else to say and now the third one are you running out of things to say i don't think so yeah. then when you get to like six seven and eight it's just a totally different story at that point you know i guess i always relate it to music you know someone's first album yeah is so different from their second and third but there's still so much there's so much depth yeah. and when you get to their 10th I mean, Bruce Springsteen at his, like, ninth album was very different. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, you know. That's interesting. Yeah, music for me is a big, uh, there's a lot of parallels with music and mm -hmm. food, at least restaurant-wise. Yeah, I think also too. what happens is, like, there's this, the, one of the, my favorite things is, like, when you're making something, you just put it all in. Like, you don't reserve it for the next thing, right? You right. can't reserve it. Yeah. You have to just, like, bleh. The whole thing has to be in that because that is that moment and that is that thing. If you reserve it, you're fucked, you know? Yeah. So it has to be there. 
But then if you're doing that all the time, I think by the time you get your tennis, you're like, I'm so tired. Yeah. Well, I, I think you get tired. You do get tired, but I think that I'm it's not also, tired. It's also phases. But I think that there's phases. I, like I think it. that when you look at, we were having, I was having a conversation with a sound designer right now. We're talking about like eras, like, <laughs> and not like rock and roll era. I'm like talking about Baroque, <laughs> like romantic era, like Western <laughs> classical music. Cause I'm that dork, but you start watching, like, I think that life happens and as life happens or like people get angry at the previous era and all that stuff, like you start evolving. And so you don't run out of stories to tell. You don't run out of mm -hmm. like, yeah, you were, I'm so excited for you and for Nave now because now it's like, okay, now you're not doing the Cuban American thing. Well, like now it's this whole new venture. Well, this is actually my first, uh, co-chef collaborative situation. Cool. Uh, I have a chef partner. Which, I mean, I didn't have it in the first two ventures. Um, and it's been an amazing experience. He's a good friend, uh, extremely talented, super hardworking. And we just, uh, a few years ago, you know, his restaurant was one of the ones that I went to the most mm. ever, like twice a week. And sadly, it uh, closed for things that were out of his control. What restaurant? And, uh, proof. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was good. And... Um, you know, he was just like, you know, I want to do something different. You know, maybe do something with you. I was like, yeah, let's do something. And then I just pitched stuff to people and people were like, this is a great idea. And I'm like, cool, let's do it. <laughs> and then two years, I mean, two years later, I mean, we're here. So this is my first true collaboration. And I know that always, Ariat's always been like a real, I'm a big team guy. So it's always like we sit down. I don't ever do things on my own. Mm -hmm. Can't do that kind mm -hmm. of thing. What do you guys think about this? How do we want to approach this? What do you think about this? And, you know, is this too crazy? Are people not going to get this? Mm -hmm. So it's always been a big team aspect, but now, you know, it's a co-chef collaboration, and that's something I'm very excited about. That's it's, really cool. It's a Way dual voice. A I also think that <laughs> nobody does anything alone. When they say that, real. it's just an illusion. Well, I think it's also very arrogant. Yes, it's an illusion and it's false. It's, it's not, not it's totally ego. It's like, no, you didn't. Well, the, I think that, uh, and I don't know, I, I only can only speak for my industry, but like yeah. the chef world has changed a lot. Yeah. And people were super uh, egotistical back in the day. It's like, this is my show. It's like, come on, take it easy. Yeah. It's not your show. You're not alone here. Yeah. You got to, you know, you we, put, we write everyone's name on our menu. Uh, oh, awesome. all the way down to the dishwasher to the new guy. Uh, everyone's on there. So we do that because it's a team. Mm -hmm. I think that's so important. I had a, um, I still have a mentor that the best advice, everybody, like when you're a director, everybody thinks you have to know everything, which is such BS because you're not actually creating. Like your job, my literal job is to get the best of everybody mm -hmm. and bring that out. And understand people's strengths, people's weaknesses, and how to make sure that all those people know how to, like, I have to build a family mm. all the time and make sure they respect her words, make sure that each design is, like, up to their optimum. And so one of the things that he said to me, which I will continue, I've heard me say this, like, a billion times, but it's so true. He was like, you have to work with people who are smarter than you. Like, put your ego to the side, work so, with people so who are smarter than you, and you're going to see how, one, you grow. And two, your team starts elevating. It's like, why am I going to pretend I'm smarter than the sound designer when the sound designer is a sound designer? And you yeah. make better work. Everybody makes, makes better, better work. work. Yeah. I, um, I couldn't agree more. We're everyone that's in the – when we do these chef meetings and it's like a big table of people, 
everyone there is good at so many different things and so many things that I'm not good at. Mm-hmm. Uh, from simple things like organizing to things like, you know, uh, pasta or charcuterie or um, butchering. and There's just so many vast things that one person can't be great at all of them. But together, we can be great at everything. And I feel like mm-hmm. the chef world may be changing, but I'm hoping that we're kind of ahead of that change because I feel like we we really have a special group of people in this company. And that's because we've adopted that idea. Mm-hmm. You know, just I think it's a special group of people here. And that's only because they're all really great at something that each and every one of us has a different like specialty, if you will, you know. So, well, and I think like the power of I don't know, like people get so scared to say I don't know. And it's like, no, 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 there's a power and I don't know. Because when you say I don't know, it's like, okay, now you have 20 brains mm-hmm. working on like figuring out how this thing comes out. Like it's all like this. And then when that clicks with this one thing that you do know, and oh. then they're in this other satellite over there and you're like, <laughs> click, 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 click. That's awesome. Yeah. It's like amazing. So this is the part of the show when we talk about things. Here, go ahead. I don't even what know are we what talking that about? means. What I think he means that we're closing it. We could talk about like the one thing, you know? Oh. About the one thing? The one Come thing. On. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Talking about just like all the plugging and stuff? Not the plugging, but, uh, you know, uh, whatever. I don't know what is happening. If it comes to you, feel free to <laughs> jump in. But I'm going to say... That this is the part of the show where we wind down. Um, <laughs> and, and put Mike out of his misery over here. No. <laughs> he did pretty good. No, no, no. Mike was, Mike was great. And honestly, like, if anything, I, where that ended, like, I'm excited to do this again at some point. And I even think it would be cool if, like, kind of going off on all that stuff about the process, like, I would love to see all three of you, like, compare scribbly notes yeah we should like make something together red marks Why all over we... it and a draft of a thing and like i would love to like really dig deeper into that like process my books are mess stuff yeah all that i think that would be cool all of our stuff is messes of things that become a thing mm-hmm. but we should try to collaborate on something yeah like that let's collaborate the... oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah if, if you if you go back into the archives you'll see that's like his least favorite but we're talking more like the Give me free food and I'll put it on Instagram. Oh, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. That's not what we Every say. chef gets those. I've learned that this is like every chef's well, least yeah, favorite two out. words is let's collaborate in an Instagram <laughs> direct. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We're going to stop. Don't, don't get him going. Don't no. get him going here. This is, it'll no, be I'm a disaster. I'm going to talk about Instagram. Yeah. Nope. Um, okay. So this is where we will wrap up. Uh, we always end. Yeah. Actually, let's. Oh, shit. I'm so sorry. I'm not done here. No, I got to talk about the. So I just came back from Portland, Maine, uh-huh. right? And I wanted to talk about a couple things that happened to me there. Okay. Am I allowed, Nick? Sure. Thanks. We might come <laughs> All right, that's fine. So I did a dinner in Portland, Maine at the uh-huh. Portland Harbor Hotel, and that was great. Uh, but along with that, I got five days of like some really incredible experiences that were great for our restaurant that we're opening. But so I, uh, I visited Nunchuck Oyster, which mm. I had never thought about going to an oyster farm, and I did that. And I mean, I've had oysters my entire life, but never anything like this. And 
Literally, we went on this little boat that was created for less people than however many people we had on the boat, but they <laughs> yeah, still put awesome. that many people on the boat, and it was fine. But, you know, Abigail, which is the owner of the company, she took us out there. She showed us all these different oysters. We literally picked oysters out of the water, cleaned them, shucked them, ate them. I mean, it was an incredible experience. I had never had something that special in my life. And just the whole thing it was beautiful out. Yeah. Like, the sky was like, crystal blue it was just like it was incredible it was like 50 50 degrees outside so like the coldest day in miami yeah it was ever. beautiful <laughs> right so just that you know i visited some really great restaurants four street restaurant mm-hmm. um i forget the chef's name now but anyways they've been around for 25 years and literally when you go to that restaurant you see what inspired kind of the entire country to do open fire cooking to change their menus daily to do things like rotisserie cooking and wood fire cooking and i never thought i would find that in portland maine along with that uh i visited place like central provisions that was very special little giant we ate a lot of food (laughs) coffee shops we went to tandem (laughs) coffee i went three days in a row because it was walking distance. And I mean, it was incredible. Speckled Axe. Um, there was a third one. It was great, but I don't remember the name. Uh, the team at the Portland Harbor Hotel. I want to thank them for dealing with me for three days. <laughs> which can be quite exhausting. <laughs> as the F&B director quickly found out at the beginning of that meal. Uh, <laughs> she's great, though. I hope she's still there now. Uh I mean, come on. She made, like, I had a simple request to make the linens white because I don't like colored linens, and she made them pink because she liked no, that. No, you didn't. I did. Get the fuck out of here. I did. I'm sorry. Don't color the linens. That's just so, like, chachi. I mean, <laughs> nobody wants a colored linen other than my abuela. Like, it was just bad. And then everyone's trying to, like, subdue me. Like, it doesn't look that bad. And I'm like, it looks fucking terrible. But... Anyways, uh, the dinner went great. The team there was great. They dealt with me swimmingly. Um, So I wanted to thank them for that. The people there that listen, thanks. Uh, They even quoted the podcast a couple times. Get out of of town. (laughs) Quoted the podcast. I was like, what? Where they quote? I don't remember. Did they say (laughs) podcast? podcast? Oh, look at that. Did you guys practice that? We did. No, no, no. (laughs) I was just uh, trying not to say pata again because this is like so <laughs> easy. Pata. We've gotten panko. We've gotten panko podcast. <laughs> Apparently, what somebody told me a couple of weeks ago that we don't identify with Middle America with the name of our podcast. So Middle Middle America, I apologize. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to thank them. And Portland was great. I highly recommend going to Portland, Maine. Not Portland, not Oregon. Oregon. Although. I know, which first I was like, there's a Portland, Maine? <laughs> Jeez, this is so weird. But it was, it was, it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I mean, pretty special. So if you haven't gone, gone. That's all I got. That's all I got here. Thank you guys for coming on. I know this is credit, it's crazy. Not, there's no structure to the no, show. No, it's the most loved. It's our kind of, our kind of podcast. Good. I like that. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, uh, we can we can cut uh, this this one question and one answer by the way because I, I don't know what your feelings are on this because you never responded to this string of text messages, but we did get a listener question. Ooh. Oh, 
really? No, don't get don't get too excited. <laughs> don't get it? too excited. You might ask for this to be deleted. I don't know. Okay. I don't oh, know. I've never. Oh, I'm ready. One listener, who I think you'll guess who it is, would like to know, why does Chug have a mullet in that video? (laughs) (laughs) This was uh, past guest and current listener, Mario Mario Obregón of Problem Kids, would like to know why Chug has a mullet. Not all of my Cuban-American brethren are my friends. (laughs) (laughs) May I say that I feel like my hair choice is quite great. And it needs, when you're a chef, you need to look clean cut in the kitchen. Mm. So that is why I decided to shave and essentially do a fade to my sideburns. Thanks, Mario. Very good. So anybody who's curious about that should go and watch some of our videos that we shot with Elian Andrade where uh, Mike was without cap and headband. And it, was, <laughs> it was wild. So, uh, okay, so this is the uh, portion of the show where uh, you already did a whole bunch of what felt like recommendations in Portland, Maine. That's what I was talking about. That's so what we're doing. That's, what, that's the thing. So, and, and we can cut here if you need some time to think because I know I'm springing this on you. But mm-hmm. we sometimes like to end the show with just like recommend a thing. Could be anything. Could be <gasps> I ate a thing, I read a thing, I watched a thing, mm-hmm. I went to a place, I joined a whatever. Something. What do you have? It's a Netflix thing. It's accessible that to works. everybody. That works. Politician? Yes, that's exactly it. What? The politician. How does that happen? <laughs> oh my God. The politician, which was actually something that I was going to be like, we should watch this and, and like talk about it. Um, but it, there's a new show um, on Netflix called The Politician. My friend Ryan J. Haddad is in it. And it's Ooh. really, yeah, he's uh, one about? of the, it's a kid in high school that's running to be uh Class, like president, like the school's president, and mm-hmm. how he eventually like needs to be president so he can get to Harvard so he can be the actual president of the United States. Okay, mm-hmm. and it's like all these like high school kids talking about numbers and like ratings and all this stuff and choosing their running mate. It's it's really well done. Um, and then I get to see a friend be on the screen, and it's um, he has cerebral palsy and he's like rocking it, and it's amazing. Cool. That's awesome. What you got? I'm I'm drawing a blank here because all I have been reading are books about the Berlin Wall. That can be a thing, though. Okay. We don't know what our listeners are into. <laughs> she likes comedy. <laughs> I do like comedy. I love comedy. Good reading. Yes. I've been reading a book called The Collapse. Okay. It's really good. Yeah. And it's about how change happens and how it's how you don't you don't really know until you look back at all of the things that baked that moment. Yep. And I'm just obsessed with those little moments of time that just tip over. So this book is kind of in my head. Cool. I have a really silly, also, like, I think you would it. be with me on this recommendation. I recommend everybody to talk to their parents and their grandparents and ask them their story. Yeah. And yeah. record it, I would say. And record it. Yeah. Yeah. I found, so, just, this is a really sad story, <laughs> just to end it on a high note. Um, my uh, my aunt's best friend, uh, her mother just passed away. And this is the importance of recording things. I had forgotten that I had recorded her mom telling us jokes and, like, mm. all the women in the family laughing. And so then I sent it to her, and she was like, I need CDs of all, like, you need to give me this. Like, So it's just important to catch moments, yep. um, especially with those uh, that we love. Uh, I've, I started a thing with my grandmother and my mom, like, a year and a half ago. 
So my grandmother's kind of like me. She's very hard to like get in one place. She's always doing things. She's always moving around. She can't stay still. But uh, I've gotten my mom to sit with her and put together our recipes and just talk about story of where they came from and why and stuff. Hopefully it ends up in some kind of book one day. So, cool. Yeah. So I will, uh, I'll go dual recommendation only because one was on my mind uh, and the other because it feels like it fits with the Cuba theme of so much of this conversation. I'll start with Cuba. Uh, this is really only for the Spanish speakers in the audience. So again, sorry, Middle America or the non-Spanish speakers in Middle America. But uh, if you are a fan of rap, which I surmise from when we have solicited music recommendations on Instagram <laughs> from our audience, a lot of you people are, uh, listen to everything Los Aldeanos yes. have yes. ever done. Yes, yes, yes. Especially, yes, yes, yes. especially uh, at Mosavana, which samples Los Zafiros. Mm. Yes. That is easily the, that is like the, one of the best written, like Cuba political things. And then forgetting Cuba, although there's a lot of like politics peppered in, uh, have you heard uh, H1N1 or H1N1? Yeah. If you just want to hear people wrap their asses, like if you like need a palate cleanser from Bad Bunny, <laughs> yes. and you just need to hear people wrap their asses off in Spanish, it is absurd. Like I, you would be hard pressed to find a better just people wrapping their asses off in English than that track. Pretty awesome. My other recommendation, which is not Cuba themed, is for the sports fans. Are you an ESPN Plus person? I don't have cable. Okay, so this is for you because it's not because it's not cable. I don't have cable either. This is ESPN's like five bucks a month streaming service. Okay. Uh, ESPN Plus is for like the sports geek in you. Okay. So they have a series called Detail, and they they do it in three sports. So it's basically an athlete, retired athlete, breaking down one player through highlights, very geekly, like for like a yeah, solid thirty cool. to forty five minutes. Kobe Bryant will spend forty five minutes watching like four plays of Steph Curry's. And like rewind, blah, 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 drawing lines. Daniel Cormier in MMA and uh, Peyton Manning with the NFL. And they'll spend a whole episode. And it's like you don't even see them. There's no flashy music. It's just like droning on in the way that I am right I now. And look that. at the, like, it. If like if you want to be super geeky, watch Peyton Manning break down one dude for almost an hour. Yeah. Awesome, awesome, Impressive. awesome. So those are my recommendations. And now we are into the shameless plug portion, which is oh, the last nice. thing. So. Tell us all the things you want to shamelessly plug. That's URLs and social media and all that stuff. Okay. Uh, you should follow Abre Camino Collective on Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, you should follow the Garcia 43 on Instagram. It's Vicky Ling. No, it includes it's in it because that's the... It's it's Vicky Ling on Instagram. <laughs> uh, Websites. 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 Okay, so yours is victoriagoyalo.com. Yes. Mine is vanessagarcia.org. And abrecaminocollective.com. Um, abre and theamparoexperience.com. Cool. Shameless plug. Pig Inc. for me. Uh, Ariette Miami. Uh, Chug's Diner. At Chug's Diner. Timeout underscore Lenya. Yeah, that one too. Timeout underscore Lenya. And at Nave Miami. Uh, that's the new one. Follow that one so you can get all the deets and all the new stuff. And yeah. And finally, you can find Pancom Podcast at DadeMag.com. He always forgets we got to plug ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> at DadeMag.com slash Pancom Podcast. We're Pancom Podcast on all of the social media things. Um, listen to past episodes, which include, like, we've done enough of these that now we can, like, do, like, a little roll call. 
Uh, so we've done interviews with uh, James Beard Award winner Norman Van Aken, uh, Croqueta, like Croqueta royalty, Eileen Andrade. Uh, but can we get someone to do like the voiceover that's like, real intense? I'll have that ready soon. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like it sounds like a someone with a British accent. Better. Yes. Okay. Like cool. It. Or maybe somebody from Portland, Maine. What do yeah, they talk we'll, like? We'll be able to identify <laughs> with Middle America a little better. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. Um, uh, so yeah, Banco Podcast and all the things we've done. Norman Van Aken, Eileen Andrade, rapper Mario Obregón. Uh, uh, <laughs> what's, what's up with it? You don't like that we're shouting? You're just mad he asked about the mullet. Um, and uh, and a whole bunch of others. So And there's a whole bunch more to come. We've got uh, interviews lined up with uh, Danny Surfer and Michael Schwartz, which is pretty wow. cool. Wow. So watch this it. This is wow. a good wow. podcast. Yeah, this is pretty serious. And at some point in the future, we'll have another one without a Camino Collective. So watch out. Final shameless plug because he's not here to speak for himself. Follow Carluba yeah. on Instagram if he will Aww. accept you. The reason is, oh, and you may not know about this because you guys are not regular listeners of this podcast. Carluba has been recruited by Eileen Andrade. During the holiday season, he will be the Croqueta Santa Claus. What? Delivering, uh, delivering holiday croquetas dressed as a Cuban Santa Claus Damn. of some kind. Oh, my God. Does he get to play like the congas? Because he's That's so not, good at it. That, that is not a bad idea. That is not. Dude, I like literally yesterday was very, very embarrassing. But I like totally wood him, like wood girled the whole. He's like. Trrr. I was like, what? It was really <laughs> embarrassing. Yeah. All right. Well. So. So, uh, yeah, I think that's where we'll wrap it up. And then, uh, yeah, that's it. This is our super graceful professional end of the show. Bye, everybody. We're not good at that. Oh, <laughs> by the way, oh, follow Sorry. Uh, uh, Petey the dog is at Petey oh, the dog. God. P-E-A-T-Y, really? like a Petey Scotch. He's on Instagram as oh. at Petey the dog. P-E-A-T-Y, like a Petey Scotch. Thank you.